Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is 105 in Edmonton. Hour number two. Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter and the staff at Digitex wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, in mere moments, for Horse Racing Alberta, presenting the 91st running of the Canadian Derby Sunday, September 27th. That's this Sunday at Century Mile. Mark Spector will join us again. Uh, and you can uh, watch and wager online at hbibet.com for the Canadian Derby. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stauffer, and tweet Brendan Escott at Brendan with two E's. Escott with two T's. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, Sportsnet Spec. Hello, Mark Spector. How are you? What's new? It's- Bobby, doing oh. pretty well. How are you doing? Not bad. We're uh, we're just we've got some gremlins. It it happens once in a while, you know. It's just got to power your way through. It's spec, you know that. Yeah, that's uh, gremlins. Gremlins all over the place, Bob. But uh, don't worry about it. You still love and, your show. Yeah, some days. <laughs> <laughs> Some days people love the show. Maybe not so much on Tuesday and Friday, Mark. Oh, I'm just kidding. That's, uh, look, you're working the Stanley Cup final. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've had a couple pretty dominant periods in the series, and they did it to Dallas again the other night to go up two games to one. Are we seeing the depth of Tampa versus maybe the fatigue of Dallas starting to set in here? Well, we're seeing Tampa win in this tug war a little bit, Bob. They certainly played uh, the game uh, three in the way they want to play it. They got the power plays early. Uh, it was wide open hockey. They had lots of not just shots, but lots of scoring chances on who'd open. Uh, so now, you know, now we see if Dallas can take it back, right? We know how Dallas wants to play. We know that Dallas doesn't mind giving you shots, but what they tend to not do is give you a lot of scoring chances. Uh, and Dallas needs, you know, they don't score a lot. We know that. They need some, that production back from their defenseman, and they do need a first line to produce Bobby. So, you know, this is the big game in the series right here. 3-1 is crippling for Dallas. 2-2 it's a brand-new ball game. So, you know, if ever you want the, the micro version of a macro series, it's going to happen tonight in Edmonton. Well, it's been a crazy situation with Tyler Sagan. Like, he's got to be hurt. Uh, my guess is it's a lower body injury. Personally, I think that there's some guy. Like, they've look, they've been in this bubble for two months. Uh, he has high expectations of himself. 
Smack, he only had 50 points in 69 games this season. Like, he wasn't the guy he was. The last two years, he's basically been a, you know, a 40-33 and 33 goal scorer and a point-per-game guy. He didn't have a great regular season. Two goals and eight points in 23 playoff games. That's not Tyler Sagan. He's got to be playing with an injury. Um, and then Jamie Benn. I mean, Jamie Benn was pretty good in that last series in stretches. He only had 39 points in 69 games. It's like, both, though, I look to those two guys. Like, for me... Those are the guys that have got to like, and and here's the thing, Spec. I look at Dallas. They don't have a number one. Like Hudobin's played great. He's a he's a very underrated goalie. They've got a great defense that can transition the puck. But the fact of the matter, their top end offensive guys haven't produced at the level that you know they're capable of, at least historically. I think injury is probably a part of it. But they got to get those guys going, don't they? Oh yeah, like Sagan. I I my understanding is he's got a hand injury, uh, but. You know, everyone's hurt at this time of year. They need you. you do you got to have production from your top line at some point. Ben has, has produced very well, uh, and Radulov to an extent. This in the first three rounds, but in the first three games of the four of this round, you know, Ben doesn't have a point. Sagan doesn't have a point. Radulov has three assists and probably as many dumb minor penalties. So, you know, listen, Bob. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's break this thing down. Vasilevsky is a better goalie than Udoba. I mean, we're yes. all going to say that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say for sure that the overall defense of Tampa is better than the overall defense of Dallas because they got a couple studs there. But Victor Hedman is better than anybody, even Miro Heiskanen. Victor Hedman's the best defenseman on the ice every night. And in terms of scoring points, Tampa's got a far, far more powerful offense than Dallas. So there's only one way Dallas wins this thing. It's got to be low scoring. It's got to be tight checking. Uh, and the very few goals they're going to get, they need their big boys to come up with them. So, you know, and, and Hudobin's got to be better than, than Vasilevsky, which isn't going to happen much, but it might happen once or twice. So, you know, the, the odds are thin for Dallas, Bob. That's why Tampa's a favorite. The odds are thin, and, yeah. and, and I, now we're going to see. Now, I, I took, look, I took Tampa in five spec. I'm no genius on this stuff. Dallas has been, to me, they've been a total... I don't even know what the word to describe it, like how they achieved what they achieved. Like they finished fourth in the, you know, in the abridged regular season. And Sagan had 50 points. Ben had 39. And Radulov had 34. Those are their, that's their top line. Their three highest scoring forwards had 34, 39, and 50 points. I mean, the Oilers had two a guy at 97 and a guy at 110 and finished. But obviously Dallas can defend better, which is a, a yeah. but it's the, the makeup of their team. And the Oilers don't yet have, I mean, I'm not saying Broberg will ever get to the Aishkanen level. I mean, if he could be 80% of that, we'd be stoked at Edmonton. But it, it, it is, it's like, here's the thing. To me, Dallas is a conundrum. Because right when you're ready to write them off, that is when, like, they looked like they were dead in the water against the Flames. And there were moments against Vegas that didn't look too good. Color, frankly, against Colorado, Mark, if Colorado's healthy, I don't think Dallas beats them. But they weren't, so this team keeps fall, uh, finding ways. Does the back-to-back scenario hurt Dallas, in your opinion? I don't think it hurts anybody. You know, I don't think it hurts anyone. Dallas is the same role as this, they didn't, score well, they didn't score well enough for the regular season. And, and you know, we talked about these teams that somehow got better during the pause. And they're one. They, they basically greenlighted their defense core to to really join the play and really be offensive. And they got a ton of points out of their, in the first three rounds, out of all their D-men. Like, offensively, they got the most out of their D-men than any team in the league, I believe. Uh, but here's the problem, right? When your D-men are rushing, when your D-men are joining the play, 
you know, you're you're at risk when the other team has a high octane offense of getting exploited. And that's really the push and the pull of this series as I see it, Bob. The, Dallas got here because their D-men were producing offensively. They got to start producing offensively again, but they can't do it and let Kucherov and Point and Palat have a bunch of two-on-ones. So if they can figure that out, they'll get back in this thing. If they open it up, we might see a 7-6 game, but it probably won't be for Dallas. If uh, Tampa Bay wins the next two days here, Spec, does the NHL look back at this event and say it worked? Oh, yeah. Listen, what was the, like, define define it working. The, the biggest threat and thing we were all worried about when it started was a giant COVID outbreak inside the bubble that made them stop playing. So as long as that, I mean, they never had even a hint of that. They had a single positive test in two different bubbles. So absolutely a, a complete success. They're awarding a Stanley Cup. We know that for sure. No one got COVID. We know that for sure. Uh, you know, now let's talk about next season. Okay, that's a whole new ball game. But in terms of getting this one in, I, I would say to you, Bob, define to me how it could have been more successful. No, it's it's pretty clear it's worked, and a little bit of luck as well, and some people busting their ass as well. Mark, we're going to switch focus. Jeff Petrie signed a four-year extension today at $6.25 million. Jeff had his detractors here in Edmonton that never thought he could be a, a, a top-four option on defense. He was part of the reason why Montreal pulled off a major upset against Pittsburgh. With all due respect to the Chicago Blackhawks, the Canadians knocking off Pittsburgh is a bigger upset than the Chicago Blackhawks beating the Edmonton Oilers, and Petrie was a major part of that. Uh, is there a cautionary tale in moving defensemen along too quickly? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, we all remember, you know, the, the climate when Petrie was coming up to be a UFA. There was a lot of rumors that his, his father, Dan Petrie, wanted him to be a UFA. There was some, a lot of questions about, you know, his toughness and his ability to, to play any kind of physical game. And, and you know, the Oilers sold the stock is what they did. And, and looking back, is clearly they should have kept the player. I mean, I think that I can't remember what he signed for in Montreal, Bob, his first contract there. But I think the fear was he was going to be a $5 million defenseman, and the Oilers didn't want to pay that much. And here he is today, many years later, he's six at quarter. Uh, so, you know, that to me tells me that the value, you know, the value was there for whoever signed them. And I want to say this, too. I think right about the time that, that Jeff Petrie moved on, so, too, did the game bobs. So, too, did, did did we watch a lot of defensemen who played more physically fall out of the game. And that player that plays the way Petrie plays, he can skate, he can shoot, he can pass. You know, he's not a physical player at all, but he is a high-skilled puck-moving defenseman. That guy... The game turned towards that guy. Montreal bought that stock at the right time, and the Oilers, no doubt, sold it at the wrong time. All right. Well, Petrie was traded during the 2014-15 season at the deadline that year by Craig McTavish. Mark, were you one of the guys that ran Jeff Petrie out of town? I didn't run him out of town, but I didn't. You know, I saw some things in his game I didn't like. I won't lie to you for sure. I didn't Mark. like the way he stood around while all the late young Oilers were getting pounded, and he had nothing to do with it. But looking back, had I seen, you know, I sh I'll tell you that, I, I should have been on a soapbox and keep this guy, and I wasn't. Mark, I will say right now that, that Jack and me, and, and Jack has remained in contact with Jeff Petrie, uh, we both thought there was something there. I didn't think that he would be, like, here's the thing, I would have found a way to have kept him, 
And he, had, you know, by the way, do you know what contract he got when he went uh, to the Canadians? So what? he got traded in the 14-15 season. Uh, and pending then, UFA. Uh, yeah, and, and pending UFA, and he got a six-year extension at $5.5 million starting in 15-16. So he did get... thought was too expensive. Right. He, so he did get paid. And, and just as when the Oilers drafted Leon, I loved Leon in the, that draft year. You know that. I never thought he'd turn out to be this Leon Dreisaitl. In the case of Jeff Petrie, I thought Jeff Petrie could be a 10-goal, 20-assist, 30-point guy that could play 22 minutes. He has yep. been better. He has been better than that in Montreal. He's had a couple, like he's had three straight seasons of 40 plus points. He's had uh, double-digit goals the last three years. He plays huge minutes. The game has moved to, and he's a bigger. And, and the other, the other advantage he has is he's playing behind Shea Weber. And it's funny when that trade happened, Shea Weber for PK Subban. The Canadians got ripped for that trade. Okay, they got pounded. Except if you ask people, if you ask the players in the league at that time, who was better between Shea Weber and PK Subban, every player in the league would have said it was Shea Weber. And here we are, five years later, and Subban's been traded again. And he might get. By the way, PK might get traded again out of New Jersey. That could happen. And and I'm looking at the Canadians' defense. Weber and Petrie on the right side, they got those guys locked down. Veterans, strong, bigger defenders that can move the puck. That's a pretty good base to deal from for Montreal. Hey, top two right side D-man, Weber and Petrie, that's awesome. If you can afford to pay, you know, your your second pairing D-man six and a quarter, that's a, you know, that's a high number, Bob. That's a high number for a second pairing D-man. But Petrie's been around a long time. He's earned that contract, and he has turned into an exceptionally good player. Uh, you know, and I'll say it again: he was. You know, I think it's we've seen this in Edmonton many times. You know, when he goes here, he is. Everyone's real satisfied with Petrie in Montreal because he's a very good second pairing defenseman, and that's great. The Edmonton's lineup has been so shy on on talent. Uh, and and depth that we take these players here in Edmonton and we expect them all to be first pairing defense. We expect them all to be top six players, and we're disappointed with them. And Andrew Cogliano isn't a top six player, so you trade him. Well, I'll tell you what, he was one a hell of a bottom six player for a long, long time in Anaheim and now in Dallas. And Jeff Petrie was looked upon here like, you know what, he's not good enough to pay five million because we don't think he's a top uh, top pairing guy. And as it turns out, he's having great success in the NHL, and he's not a top-pairing guy, but he's All right. a good player. All right. So on that note, Mark, and part of the challenge is, you know, when you have a changeover in manager, you have a different perspective. It happens in every sport, especially in soccer internationally. The new manager comes in. He brings in his guys, and the players that were brought in before and brought in in transfer fees, they get moved out sometimes in free transfers. There's a lesson in that. Continuity is important. Yep. Right? And so yep. when you look at Edmonton, Maybe you've got to accept, like you've got Clefbaum and Nurse on the left side of your defense for $9.8 million. Maybe you've got to accept the limitations in both guys and understand, well, wait a sec here. They're, you know, they're top four defensemen. Those are real. They've got a, some defensemen coming. They've got Bouchard, who I think will be better than Pollock. And somebody said to me, Pollock, that's all Bouchard's going to be. Did you see the Islanders play in the playoffs this year? He looked pretty good on the fans for New York. And they took their time with him. And so maybe that's part of it is you'd, fans hate this word, patience. Sometimes the media hate this word, patience. Is there a bit of a lesson in that for the Oilers in terms of some of the mistakes that have been made at times? 
Well, listen, that's there's a lot to, what do they say, a lot to unpack there. Um, should the Edmonton fan be sick of hearing the word patience? You're damn right they are. You know, this organization's been preaching patience through about seven management teams. So, yeah, if I'm Oilers fan, tired of hearing patience. That's the first thing I'll say. The second thing is, sure, turning over management every two years is a dumb idea, right? Welcome to the Cleveland Browns. Do they ever win? No. Why? Because they fire everybody every second year. So that hasn't worked in Edmonton. There's no question. And the third thing I'll say is now that you have a very competent, excellent manager, Ken Holland, you have an excellent head coach in Dave Tippett, Yes, Bob. You got to stand away and let those guys build. And if it's if they want to use the word patience, you should just shut up and listen to them. Because you know, look at the look at Holland's caps. Holland still has primarily Pete Chiarelli's team. Yes. And it's not until after next year that he gets to free up from some buyouts well, and from bad contracts, and he can actually you know really take a stride. Not this year, Bob. Next year, so. Oh. Telling Ken Holland you got one year and I expect huge results, it's just unrealistic, right? You know, Mark, I look at three players, okay? I look at Pugliarvi potentially coming back, and logic dictates that there's a, ma- there's a match to be made there, okay? He's not making any money in Finland. He's got to get, get back to the NHL. The Oilers have some pretty good options at center that he might be able to play with as he works his way up the lineup. Uh, so Pugliarvi, I'm going to mention Benson. Because of the Nygaard injury that happened over in Sweden yesterday, maybe this opens up a little bit of a crack for Benson. I know he's not a great skater, but he's in the right spots in the ice, and he can think. And then on on defense, I'm thinking Bouchard. Maybe you got to kind of see, hey, these are guys that are in our organization. Let's see a bit what these guys – I mean, Bouchard, we're talking potentially playing 12, 13, 14 minutes a game. Paul Yarvey might be you know, in a third-line role to start and then see if he can work his way up. Same with Benson. What do you think about that? No, I think that with the cap not going up, uh, you know, there's two sides to that coin. One, some people might say, Bob, it gives you a chance to give opportunity to guys that you just named. Pugliarvi's different. Pugliarvi's been a pro for a while. He's coming back here. He's going to play. It's going to be a make-or-break season. They're either going to keep him and sign him or they're going to move him along. But certainly those two younger players, Bob, you know, you could say that with, you know, the cap situation again, it, it either A, is opportunity for Benson or Bouchard to get in this lineup because you know what you're the you know we need to fill a hole and we think you guys can fill it. The other flip side of that, Bob, is you don't want to, they better be ready for it because if they're not ready for it now you're rushing them, right? And we've seen that in this town for a long time. So this is the pressure that Ken Holland has in making that decision. Just throwing Bouchard in there and saying, "Ah, go out and play, kid." If it, he always says this, I want to send a guy to the minors long enough so when I call him up, he stays up. What you don't want to do is give Bouchard his big chance and by Christmas have the coach say to you, Ken, this guy can't make it. we got to send him back down. That's not what you want. Mark, I'm going to read two quick texts. Mike has texted the show. What about targeting Darren Helm as a third-line center? Good peak here. Expiring deal. Uh, could get maybe some money retained. Uh, and he's a Holland guy. Um I wonder whether or not the Oilers might be a little bit leery of Detroit right now after Athanasiu and Mike Green. And, and and COVID played a factor in both of those. I mean, let's face it, Spec. if it was an $86 million cap, we're having a different discussion on the potential 
qualification of a $3 million cap hit for Andrea Sathanasio. What about you on Darren Helm? What do you think? I don't know his history. He's been hurt a bit. So, you're, yeah. you know, you're, I know that the Darren Helm I know is a one of the fastest skaters in the league, a very tenacious checker, uh, would be fit my bill as an excellent third-line center. But I would need to make some phone calls and find out what his health situation is at. Is he still skating as well as he was? Um, you know, I don't even know his contract at this point, so... You're ambushing me on this one a little bit. I'd look into him, but I'm not okay. giving an answer on him. Okay. Well, I didn't realize I was ambushing you. One final well, you know one. I, mean. I don't okay. have my facts straight on this guy. <laughs> I, I, I thought I ambushed you when I said, were you one of the guys on uh, Petrie? Gus, uh, <laughs> Gus. The, the, uh, Gus has texted the show. By the way, Spec, Gus was a very underrated Disney movie. There's not a lot of mules that can kick 75-yard field goals. So, uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, this text comes in and Gus says, uh, Bob and Mark, what about trying to get Bobby Ryan on a one-year deal at a million bucks, right-hand shot, decent hand still? What do you think? Well, you know what? I mean, first of all, it's, I like any guy who's bounced back. He's cleaned his life up. And there's a ton of offensive productivity there if he's in shape and healthy and all those things are right. And a million bucks in one year, sure. But he's a UFA. You know, yeah. he doesn't solve my problem for anything more than one year, I would say. But uh, I get the creativity in that. Bob, I understand where that's coming from. Yeah, my only thing is, I mean, they've kind of got Neil, who's an older 30-plus something on the wing. I don't know doesn't if I'd want to know. real well. Right. right. I, I, don't know. I, I don't need another slow guy. Yeah, and that's the point. Mark, we'll see you tonight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right, Bobby. See you. 125 in Edmonton. We're going to take a timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's 128 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer. Thank you very much, Zach. Uh, there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service is the key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a, it's Brent Ridge Ford out in Wetaskiwin is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. We can tell you right now, employee pricing is on now through the end of September. So let Uncle Bill, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling one 877 or go online at brentridge.com. My uh, play-by-play partner Jack Michaels is coming up at 135 today. Brendan Escott is back at the 630 Chad Studios. Now you can text us at 780-496-0063. Dan in Okotoke says, Bob, uh, what do you think about getting Michael Del Cole? Uh, he'd be cheap. He can skate. He's big. I think he's fizzled out a bit in the Islanders because he didn't get enough attention. Uh, fresh start to chance uh, to play maybe with Connor. He'd be uh, motivated. Hmm. Not a huge game changer, but a cheap experiment that wouldn't hurt. Thoughts? Uh, I think Paul Yarby has a higher ceiling than Del Cole, frankly. I would say that maybe the Islanders system doesn't play to Michael Del Cole's strengths. They have been, and they too have had changes in management. And, and sometimes when that occurs, teams don't value uh, necessarily 
the players of the previous regime brought in. Todd from Troshu, Alberta says, uh, hey, Bob and Speck, what about Maroon coming back? Uh, is he only around 900K? You've got Neil on the left side. A little bit similar. It's kind of like the same situation with Maroon and Lucic, you know? And in fairness, and I don't think Maroon's the same player he was back in 16-17. I think now, this, now, that said, he's on the precipice of winning his second Stanley Cup. Good for him. Um, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell back with uh, Jack Michaels. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.